Hello, my friends, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about content creation, how you can get valuable insights, how you can learn data before creating content. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Elmer Butin. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on your show today. Yeah, for me, it's a big pleasure. Check out your experience, 20 years of experience. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about that. Before we start, just uh tell about your experience background and why you decided to share about uh content with us okay um so i built my very first website in 1996 so it's been a little bit more than 20 years i hate to age myself but yeah (laughs) Um, so i've been doing this since um i like to say before the google era so i started Mm -hmm. doing seo when AltaVista was the main search engine, and it was really easy to rank content because you could spam AltaVista like crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. It was easy. Um, So I built my first website in 1996. I did a lot of freelance work until I went to become the webmaster at a manufacturing company in Texas. So I was their webmaster. I was the in-house SEO. In fact, I did a lot of their digital marketing when it first started out because you know, it was just, it was all brand new and nobody was really messing with it. So when Twitter came out, I started playing on Twitter. Uh, when Facebook went public, I started messing around on Facebook. So there was a lot going on that, that I was involved in back in the day. Uh, so I mm-hmm. did that for 10 years and then I went over to the agency side. So I started with uh, one WPP owned agency called Rockfish, which has since merged with VML YNR. Uh, and I was with VML YNR for a while just because of the merger. And then I went to go work for another WPP agency called GTB, uh, which is based uh, in Metro Detroit, where I live now. And I did SEO, reputation management, uh, content creation, content. Um, you know, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on. Wait a minute, is it your birthday? Yeah. Somebody... <laughs> oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. Okay. I, so I just saw that pop up and I said, Oh my goodness, we have to say happy birthday. So, yeah. um, but anyway, yeah, it's, so I, I've been doing a lot of things. So just about anything having to do with a website, I've done it from, you know, basic HTML to ASP.net uh, applications, you know, web-based applications, uh, do a lot of work in WordPress and other content management systems and, you know, mainly focusing on SEO, but I do a lot of other work too. Except mm-hmm. paid nice. search, I don't. I don't do a lot of paid search. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I love it because you know. Uh, I think it's uh, very important to pay attention to priorities. If you are good with organic reach, why you need to consider paid search? Because you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, I know that paid search works well. Uh, paid marketing yes. works well, but uh, you can't be successful everywhere. I know that some people are very good with paid search, so why not if they can sell on there? But uh, organic reach is my site as well. Yeah, love yeah. it. I, pr- I prefer to work with somebody who can do paid search way better than I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I, I want to introduce our sponsor, Ahrefs, SEO tools and resources to grow your search traffic. It's a very important tool, must have for many marketers because you can get a lot of valuable insights by using this tool. And uh, I want to start from the first question you mentioned about uh, CMS. Can you tell, uh, for example, you have experience to uh, work on WordPress, uh, some others. Can you tell how to choose the right CMS today uh, to create uh, high quality content? 
Um, you know, in my opinion, the content management system is irrelevant to the content. Now, we can argue about whether services like Wix or Weebly or those um, types of uh, website builders are good for SEO. But as far as the content goes, it really doesn't matter what platform you use. Um, if you want something to be found easily, you just have to make sure that it's fast, the content is organized, and that the content is relevant to your audience. And I think that relevancy is really the most important part to consider because you can generate lots of content and you can, you know, just throw it out there. Hey, I got lots of content. Look at my website. I've got, you know, 400,000 URLs. But if that content doesn't resonate with whoever you're trying to connect with, it's, it's not going to be as effective for building your business. Or, you know, even if you're doing a personal website, it, it's not going to work out very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. I think all CMS have advantages and disadvantages. You need to uh, learn more about that, review them, and decide for you because uh, I like more HRFs. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, WordPress. <laughs> you know, uh, HRFs is my uh, loving tool for SEO. But mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, uh, other is. Uh, money person something like this so yeah it's my attitude uh i want to start from the question uh can you tell about uh human center uh content how to uh create human center content and think more about humans because you know uh, i i want to share my story uh, when i started my seo journey in 2008 i uh, didn't care about human I cared only about search engines and that worked well. I got a lot of traffic sales, but in some time Google changed many attitudes. And today I think only about humans and uh, only then optimize with search engines. What do you think about human centered content today? Well, it's critical because uh, the search engines are taking um, a more human centered approach to their design. So human centered design is a concept that came around in the early 1900s during the Industrial Revolution in the United States. And the idea was that you would build the processes for making things using a human-centered approach. So, you know, make it somewhat ergonomic, make it fast, make it efficient, you know, because human beings are working on it. It's seen a revival in the last several years because human-centered design concepts are starting to come into digital. So you think about, you know, uh, user interfaces for applications or, you know, on your tele on your phone or on your tablet, you know, all of these things, human beings are using them. So you have to consider the human perspective in the entire process from beginning to end. So there's a great book that um, I think is the modern um, textbook almost on human centered design. It's called 101 Design Methods by Vijay Kumar. And there's a very interesting diagram towards the beginning of the book that shows the human-centered design process. And in the center of that design is to sense the intent. So the intent of the end user when you're building a computer system or if you're building a website, you have to think about the end user. And the reason why I focused in on that when I was in a class one day about human-centered design was because the instructor mentioned that one of the centers of human center design is Stanford University in California. Now, which search engine is associated with Stanford University? 
oh yeah, Google, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it started to dawn on me that, you know, it's like, oh, wait a minute. We've often said in the SEO world that we need to build websites for people, not for the search engines. Ah, ding, ding, the little white light bulb went on over my head. And I started putting that together and thinking, oh, well, this is really good because we need to start looking at it because Google and Bing are trying to serve their human users and they're trying to connect them with information. So if we're going to have information on the internet, we need to be able to figure out how to connect those users in Google and Bing to get them to our website so that we can you know, convert them into customers, so we can inform or entertain whatever the reason your website exists for. So that kind of goes from the, the human-centered side of things and why it inspired me. And my, my journey began when I read a blog post by uh, Mark Trappi, who is now with uh, SEO Clarity. Sorry, I didn't mention some of these. <laughs> uh, you, you can mention uh, any valuable tools. <laughs> yeah, so he, he wrote this article and pointed out that the reason why a lot of content marketing campaigns fail is because there is no cohesive strategy. So again, mm -hmm. people are just creating content. You know, it's like the old idea of throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing if it sticks and that means it's finished, right? So <laughs> let's just throw this content out there and see what works. And it's very inefficient to do it that way. So this is where the data part started coming in. Uh, one of my, uh, at my last agency, one of our bosses uh, used to say uh, that data represents people or data is people in disguise. So that was uh, Robert Gay, who's the CEO of GTB at, at WPP. And I really looked at that and said, oh, this is really interesting because it fits in very well to this human-centered design concept of finding the content that resonates with our customers. We need to use the data. So I started working on developing keyword research processes that went beyond just saying, oh, a lot of people search for this keyword. Let's build a page around it and started looking at how do we find the topics that are of interest to people who are want to buy our products and services and how do they search for those things so what language do they use do they you know do they say blue or green do they say teal or you know forest or you know there's different ways of expressing things even just in english or in ukrainian or any other language mm -hmm. So understanding the language of the people that you're trying to reach and then creating the content that goes around that and not just looking at the one keyword and saying, oh, let's build a page around this one keyword. Let's really look broadly and say, well, what are the what's the information that's connected to this topic and how do we build a library of content that helps to answer questions that people have about this particular topic? And so we can give them that information, make our website useful so that we can attract attention to earn attention and then, you know, get them in there and say, OK, well, hey, my brand is really good. These they helped me. This is great. Mm -hmm. I love this. So when I'm ready to buy, I'm going to buy from them instead of these other people that, you know, they didn't help me. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Love it. Uh, 
Can you tell about keyword research more? Uh, I often see when webmasters uh, are looking for high volume keywords. They chase them. They think that, okay, I can get a lot of traffic, you know, when they see these numbers. But, you know, it's not the case that you can get the same uh, traffic that uh, volume we have because uh, it depends on your positions. It depends on CTR, many other factors. Uh, can you tell how to find the right keywords? Because some keywords are overwhelmed, like uh, we have in the top 10. Wikipedia, Amazon, many other websites, Pinterest. Uh, how to find keywords uh, that you can rank with limited resources? That's a big it depends question, right? Yeah. <laughs> Because it really, it, it's really, from the, the approach that I like to take is very custom made towards the, the client's website that I'm working on. So really going in and understanding, first of all, what do they do? What products and services do they offer? So, um, you know, if it's an attorney, there's certain types of law that they specialize in. If they're selling, you know, widgets, then, you know, maybe they have a special kind of widget. Maybe it's all natural or maybe it's eco-friendly, what, whatever that may be. And so how do we connect that with the customers? And so, yeah, you sometimes looking at a very broad topic that has a lot of search volume is definitely not the best way to go because, There is a lot of competition, to your point. Um, you, you want, you, you know, you're just going to be one website and a flood of others. So how to stand out is really looking at, okay, so let's, let's say we sell widgets. How can we get to where when people start looking for the details, we can get in there? Because um, I, have, I have found that in, in the United States, at least, if someone is purchasing something that's $500 or more, they're going to research for several weeks before they buy something. Mm -hmm. So the idea is to look at, okay, well, how do we attract their attention in that span of time and give them the information that they want? So are they looking for how long something is, how wide something is, how much does it weigh? So there's all of these different pieces that you have to look at and say, okay, how do we answer these questions? So instead of trying to rank against Wikipedia for the top level query, how do we start getting some of those long tail queries that add up to a lot of traffic and, and make, make up that volume? So it, you know, it's partly long tail, it's partly short tail, but the, the real thing is to look at the details of what people are searching for. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, for example, if we found a list of keywords, we have them, but uh, how to group them uh, to a specific group? Because each page uh, can have uh, 10 keywords, 100 keywords, 1,000 keywords, right. 10,000 keywords. Yeah. How to group them? Because uh, we have two minions. We can uh, submit keywords that are irrelevant to each other, mm -hmm. or we can cannibalize content when we submit the same keywords to different pages. Can you tell about grouping? Because, yeah, it's a big issue with many websites. I like to group them by topic. Mm -hmm. You know, because that, to me, that makes the most sense because when Google and Bing are working on uh, understanding the intent of the search and matching it up with the content, a lot of times that may be topically based. So, you know, if I'm looking for, you know, how much something weighs, you know, if I'm looking to buy a product or um, if I'm looking for an appliance, for example, I might want to know how much electricity it uses in a year. Can I find that on, on my website or does somebody have to go and try to find it somewhere else? So how can I make that website work more useful? And then working through that process is really trying to bucket everything together. So 
right now, for me, it's a very manual process. There's no quick and easy way to do this. Although I've seen previews of some tools that look like they're going to be able to do this a lot faster and make it a lot easier. So I like to take the, the information that I get from, uh, say, Google Search Console, download all the keywords and look at what Google already says this website ranks for. Where am I already getting attention? And then I just start plugging those into various tools. You could use Ahrefs or you could use one of their competitors. You can just go into Google Ads and use the Keyword Planner and get the same kind of info. And it's going to spit out hundreds or thousands of different keywords. And then the, the, the challenge is to group all those together in the topics. And that part takes the longest. But if you take your time and do it properly, even if you spend a week doing that, it's going to give you some excellent data where you can look at and say, oh, we've got this set of keywords goes with this topic, this set of keywords goes with this topic, this set goes with this topic, and so on. And then all of a sudden you have, oh, here's my content plan for the next 12 months. I know mm -hmm. I need to look at you know, this high-level topic. I sell this product. Here are the questions that people are asking. And you have the search volumes that tell you how much they're searching for it so you can prioritize the content. You know, if, if weight is most important in a particular product, then that's the question you should look to answer first. Um, you know, if it's how much does it cost? Well, everybody wants to know how much it costs, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. But all of these things together kind of help you group it in. So for me, like I said, it's, it's kind of a manual process and it's a little time consuming. But if I do this correctly, which, you know, mm -hmm. is, is important, I have, I, I have the basis for making a content strategy that I can put together a content calendar for however long it takes to fill out that info. And I have a prioritized list of things that I need to cover. So again, mm -hmm. it's, it's looking way beyond just the, the exact match keywords. The exact match keywords come in when you're looking at the language that people use when they're searching for something. You know, but really looking at it from that topical level helps you to advance your website content strategy way beyond just looking at, you know, just one particular keyword and trying to create content to do that. That works to a certain extent. But what, what I'm trying to look for is, is helping my clients move beyond that and give them a plan of what they need to build in order to earn that attention from their potential customers. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, uh, I, I love using tools, but yeah. I check out manually, you know, to, uh, tools yeah. just can help, you know, to uh, your brain is way better at that than, than any tools <laughs> yet. Now, like I said, I've seen some previews of some tools that should be coming out here in the next mm -hmm. six to 12 months that may help to do that faster. But um, your brain is, is always going to be better at that, you know, even with artificial intelligence and artificial learning for now. Oh, yeah. Eventually, yeah, the better. machine, the machines will get smarter. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, you know, Shella wanna ask about domain authority. You know, uh, thanks a lot for this question because it's interesting that um, uh, when I. Uh, spoke with many great marketing experts, they have different opinions. Someone uh, cares a lot about uh, domain authority, about page authority. Others can ignore this metric and tell uh, it doesn't mean anything, you know, when you have this metric. Can you tell your insights about domain authority? Do we need to consider or not? For content? Probably not. It, it's not going to 
be an issue. If you're looking to create or share content on other websites that are going to link back to yours, then that may come into play. Um, you know, I mean, Google and Bing over and over say, you know, domain authority is not their metric. It's made up by the tools. I think the tools mm -hmm. do a very good job of estimating how authoritative a website is, you know, based on criteria that they use. So it can be helpful. But when you're talking about your own website, you know, yeah, that, that could be something that might come into play at some point. But really, you know, if you're answering your customers' questions, does it matter if your domain authority is 50 or two? It, if your mm -hmm. customers are yeah. coming to you, then who cares? Um, but again, you know, these measurements do have a place in, in our work, but I don't consider it when I'm doing, you know, content plans and content creation. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I remember when John Mueller replied to this question, someone asked him on Twitter, uh, mm -hmm. do authority exist and he replied yes it's metric moss <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right <laughs> yeah it exists but uh, on moss <laughs> okay uh, can you tell about uh, how to gain data before creating content for example if we have a list of keywords we group them and how to uh, gather the right data data that mm -hmm. will help us to create awesome content high quality the way I like to do it is to get the search numbers from Keyword Planner. And, and a number mm -hmm. of the tools will share that. So average monthly searches so that I know that a particular term and when I group them together, I can add them up and I can say, okay, well, this topic gets, you know, 100,000 searches a month. Then I can start looking at, okay, which, which terms are appropriate for me as I break them down into the different topics. So that's, that's where I get those numbers from. I like to get it right from the keyword planner, the, from Google's tool, it's easy to use. Um, if you pay for ads, you get really decent numbers instead of that, you know, zero to a hundred, which can be mm -hmm. less useful. Um, mm -hmm. But again, you know, some of the tools provide that data too. I think, I think Ahrefs does, I've not used them in a while. I know, mm -hmm. uh, Moz does. I think SEMrush does too. So you, know, you can get good estimates for those numbers. And then what I like to do is take that and then look at how many clicks I'm getting for each keyword in that category and then match it up to how many searches are actually being done. So I'm getting mm -hmm. a good ratio of, well, you know, this particular topic gets 10,000 searches a month. I'm getting 100 clicks. Well, can I get, can I now look at optimizing my content and creating more content to get 200 clicks. So I'm trying to increase that percentage of clicks that my website is earning compared to, you know, whoever else is out there. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and right I, now I just do that in a spreadsheet. I don't have any fancy <laughs> tools that I do. It's all, it's all, it's all in a spreadsheet. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's called SEO intuition, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I got this uh, terminology from someone, you know, when I ask uh, why you did it and he replied to me, it's intuition. I don't know why. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. uh, it works for me. And, you know, when you have experience, mm -hmm. when you spend uh, so much time to provide some uh, something, because nobody knows what exactly works. You need to test to search, to figure out. Yes. And when you have this intuition, you can find what works actually for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested but about- But then having about... that data though, helps you to validate your testing. And, that, and that's where all of that comes in. So, you know, as we look to increase our share 
of clicks for different keyword topic groupings, um, mm -hmm. then we know, hey, if it goes up, great. We're winning, our test is working. If it goes down, well, then we need to change, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have the question about uh, data driven perspective content. Can you tell more about that? Uh, what does it mean uh, to create data driven perspective content? Um, well, the data tells us what people are searching for and it mm -hmm. tells us how our website is performing. So the data is driving the content. So we're mm -hmm. using data because, you know, like my former boss said, data is people in disguise. So what we're doing is looking at the data to understand what real human beings are doing when they're out there doing searches. Mm -hmm. And that's really where that data-driven idea comes from, is understanding the numbers. And the data just represents people. So really, it all comes back to human beings. Who's searching for topics that are important to my business? And then who is, and, and who's clicking on the search results to my website in Google and Bing? And if they're mm -hmm. not, then I need to do something about it. Yeah, yeah, got it. Uh, Shella want to know about backlinks. Can you share your live backlink uh, link building techniques uh, or it's better to ignore them? Your perspective about that. Yeah, that's kind of a touchy subject for some people. Um, mm -hmm. I very rarely have gone out and purposely built links to mm -hmm. websites that I work in. And the reason for that is because I've always felt like if you're working on a website and you build good content, people will link to you uh, organically. The other reason why I don't generally do a lot of link building is because to do it properly takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can go out and buy links. Yeah, that's easy. But then that always gets people <laughs> into trouble. So I, I don't want to do that. But to do link building properly is challenging and it takes a lot of time. So I prefer to work on websites from a technical perspective. So, you know, a lot of people use that pyramid example. I like to think of technical SEO being at the bottom because I want to make sure that everything is built on a solid foundation to make sure Googlebot and Bingbot and Yandexbot and, you know, Baidubot or whatever bot is going to find that content. Then mm -hmm. the next part comes up and building the content and optimizing the content. Because if you don't have good content, you can build all the links that you want. You're still not going to do that well. So you have to connect with people and answer their questions. After that, I start to look at conversion optimization. Because there's always something that we have to measure in order to show that the website is being effective. So I can bring in a lot of traffic, but if they're not converting, they're not buying things or filling out forms or whatever, then I'm not succeeding. Once mm -hmm. I get all of those things in place, then I start thinking about link building. So, and sometimes we mix those steps up a little bit depending on the situation, but that's kind of how the flow goes in, in, in the agency I'm working with now. And it works very well. Mm -hmm. So that link yep. building part is kind of the, the top, it's the roof. It's the cap of everything. And that really can help to, you know, when you've, when you've built your content out, that can help start earning more attention and getting you to rank better uh, on some queries. But, you know, again, that's, that's usually the part I look at last. 
except in rare circumstances. There have been times where I've gone out and built links because of specific situations for a specific website. So, you know, it can change for sure. Yeah, love it, love it. Because uh, I think, you know, uh, it's better to pay attention with your strong side. Uh, I know some people who are good with backlinks, but, you know, they don't provide anything else. Just... uh, to one specific yeah. building campaign. And I know one expert who earns uh, more than a million dollars, you know, with mm-hmm. one specific building campaign. He uh, doesn't create any content. He doesn't provide any technical optimization. And he doesn't uh, create uh, different building campaigns. Just one, you know, yeah. uh, to get good results. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, mm-hmm. priorities are key. And, yeah, I love it that you pay yeah. attention with and- your strong sides. I, I do like to outsource link building too. Um, mm, yeah, because they're they're it's it's better to hire an expert, and I'm not an expert. It's like paid search. I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. I have somebody a, a, on my team who's way better at it than me. That's the person I like to rely on. <laughs> Same thing with yeah. link building. Um, I mean, I can do it, but I I often will will hire somebody um, outside. Yeah. Uh, me too, me too. Yeah. I delegate this task. For example, if I see that I need PR campaigns, so mm-hmm. I'm looking for someone in my network who can provide these PR campaigns. If I right. need uh, guest posting, so yeah, I can find them. Uh, it depends. I check out competition. I can see, uh, you know, it's more about SEO management when you uh, can find the right people and uh yeah and handle the process control the process because if you don't know what to order i think uh, many masters can order black hat techniques uh to hurt uh uh, their rankings yeah even to be penalized one day so yeah i don't recommend Mm -hmm. it uh i have the question uh about uh how to learn SEO today? For example, if you started from scratch without any knowledge, mm. skills, experience, what will you do to learn SEO? I have a, a lot of people that I like to follow that can help mm-hmm. with SEO. But, you know, there a lot of the tools have some pretty good training on their websites. Um, you know, Moz does. I, I'm sure Ahref uh, does too. There's a mm-hmm. lot of places where you can go to learn the basics. And then once you learn the basics, the rest of it, you kind of have to learn it by doing or working with a group who does it really well and learning from them. So there's a there's a blend of, you know, when you're brand new and you want to learn SEO, there's a lot of places where you can go to learn the basics. Once you get that in your brain, you know, the, the more advanced stuff comes from following people who are doing it. I mean, when I started doing this, everything was new. There was no training. Um, mm-hmm. So we learned from each other. I mean, I used to hang out on Webmaster World a long, a long time ago. Uh, that was where I learned a uh-huh. lot of things. I followed um, Search Engine Watch, Danny Sullivan's first website, because he wrote a lot of info about what the search engines were up to and what they were doing. Then I started going to conferences, and I learned a mm-hmm. lot of conferences, <laughs> um, you know, PubCon or or some of the others, you know, but. Um, you know, and then when I started speaking at the conferences and hanging around with uh, and making friends with some of the speakers, I mean, mm-hmm. there was just like if if there, if I run into a situation that I'm not familiar with, I, I know people who can answer it. Mm-hmm. And having those resources are really helpful. Networking is key. Um, mm-hmm. Learning from other people is really important. And, and knowing who to trust uh, is also important. 
Um, I've mm-hmm. heard some things from some folks that I was like, I'd never do that on my website. Um, mm-hmm. Not that it's bad, um, you know, but sometimes situationally it just doesn't work. So, yeah. But uh, right now I, I advise mm-hmm. people that work on my team to follow search engine land, search engine journal, search engine roundtable. you know, subscribe to the blogs for, for the tools, um, especially the tools that they like to use. Because uh, that's really helpful. You're you're going to get a lot of great tips and learn some things from those. Uh, but the last thing is a lot of people learn best by just doing it and setting up mm-hmm. a hobby website and then experimenting with it is wonderful. Because again, that's how I learned. Because back in the day, we didn't have any instructions, so we just did it. And, hey, let's just go out and see what happens. I can't do that <laughs> with a client website now, so you know I can do it with a hobby website. It's the best tip, you know, uh, you unhide all my secrets, <laughs> really, because uh, I think, you know, uh, I I often share the example uh, with someone when uh, uh, someone asked me about how to learn SEO, I tell them, no, for example, let's imagine you can read a uh, hundred books how to play tennis, but if you don't play tennis, can you play, uh, can you be a good player, yes. you know, without you actually playing? No, you actually have to do it. You're, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. It's it, anything, just anything you want to do requires practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, it's more important. For example, I use uh, three steps. The first step, I learn. Yeah, I read uh, blog posts, uh, search engine journal, uh, IHRF, SEMrush, Moz, uh, many mm-hmm. others. Uh, I have a bunch of uh, blog posts. Uh, I use uh, the website feedly.com where you can uh, submit all your loving blog posts in one feed. So yeah, I don't need to open all the websites. I just check out. And if I see some yeah. interesting headlines, I can read them. Uh, the second step, when I've learned something new, I share with my audience because when you share, you can grow your audience. And the second you yes. can memorize it. Uh, we have short memory. People can forget for a few weeks about new skills. I usually forget for a few hours. You know, my memory is more shorter than uh, from many others. But when you share with others, you can learn, you can memorize it. And the second mm-hmm. to act, you know, just test uh, and find what actually works for you because uh, testing provides uh, the best insights, the best skills, the best knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, love Feedly. Step- That's a great tip um, following blogs on Feedly because it's like my newspaper mm-hmm. in the morning. I open up yeah. my tablet. <laughs> That's what I, with my morning coffee, I'm looking through and seeing what, what has been written. Who said what, what Google and Bing are up to, you know, and I say Google and Bing a lot. There's more search engines out there than just Google and Bing. But in the United States, those are the two that I have to really pay attention to. (laughs) Yeah. Stefan want to know about uh, what tool do you recommend to use for those uh, that are just starting with SEO? Um, Well, we talked a lot about resources for learning SEO. As far Mm -hmm. as tools go, I, you know, I think all of the tools have their, advantages and disadvantages. Um, you know, Moz does some things better than Ahrefs. Uh, Ahrefs does some things better than SEMrush. SEMrush does some things better than Conductor. Uh, you know, I mean, they all have their pluses and minuses. I, I think it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish and finding the tool that works best for the way you like to work. Um, mm-hmm. no and, and I recommend people try them all. I mean, sign up for the free trials and see how they work. And see if they fit how you see if they fit how you work. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Stefan, I added uh, my list of tools. I reviewed them, uh, more mm-hmm. than uh, 269 tools. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I spent some time, uh, like three months, because uh, why I did it uh, in the first stage, I decided to find my loving tools. Uh, you can't use all of them, but you can find uh, tools that work for you. So uh, mm-hmm. you can uh, open this list, check out. Uh, we, uh, I have some filters on the left side and analyze which tools you like more. Uh, okay, you know, uh, Sheila wanna know more about uh, her blog. Uh, I assume about that. Uh, and the question, uh, can we also reshare content on blog? I think uh, she means reshare other content. Shela, you can uh, tell more about that, but what do you think about uh, creating content for a blog? Uh, for a blog? Can you uh, provide some, your, I don't know, like your content strategy uh, yeah, to find topics, pillar topics or lack of quality content? Before I answer that question, can I point out mm-hmm. one more learning tool? And I completely yeah, sure. forgot about this until just now. And I know I'm going to say her name wrong, but Alida Solis has mm-hmm. a fantastic SEO learning resource that she has put together. It is a gigantic list of things to go read, to help you practice. Um, I have the link here. Can I paste it in the chat? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, okay, on I'm, gonna chat, I'll share I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and just put that in there so you can share it out. Yeah, I went yeah. through this and I said, wow, if I was putting together an SEO learning resource, this is the one I would do. It is, <laughs> it is wonderfully curated. Uh, she keeps it up to date. I would highly recommend checking that out. Ah, uh, you know, many speakers recommend Ali the Solis. You know, mm-hmm. uh, for me, it's uh, really hard to count or <laughs> who. Yeah. She's uh, absolutely brilliant. But when mm-hmm. when this came out, I thought, oh, this is really good, <laughs> and it just slipped my mind until just now. So I, I wanted to make sure to uh, to share that out because it is it is really very well done. Okay, so mm-hmm. now back to the question about sharing content on a blog. Yeah. Um, I, I think it can be helpful to share content on a blog. The one thing you want to make sure that you are avoiding is creating duplicate content because mm-hmm. duplication causes problems. If it's duplicate within your website, it's going to cause you issues with potential spam filters and things like that. If you're duplicating content on other websites, then you run the risk of competing with yourself, right? You want to rank with it. So um, you, it's good. It's a good idea to do that. Um, like, you know, writing a guest post about a topic that you care about or being on a podcast and sharing information about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's a potential way of earning links back to your website as well. So, you know, that could be very, very handy. But the one thing I always um, tell folks, I look at, um, you know, building content within your website. So whatever you're trying to do with it, understanding the content and the topics and then deciding, well, you know, should this particular content, you know, like if I'm on a WordPress site, should this be a page? Should this be something that's more permanent because it's something that I do all the time? And maybe then I write some educational type content and put that in the blog. And then I link to everything, right? Everything links to to each other is appropriate. Um, That cross-linking is very, very important for giving context to the search engines to help them understand how all of this content fits together. But then it also gives your visitors a chance to stay on your site and learn more about you. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think blogs can be very, very powerful. I, I'm i just gonna be honest, I don't really like to talk about blogs because a mm-hmm. lot of 
people that I talk to who are not part of the digital marketing world think that blogs are just, you know, it's just crap content that you write. And that's not the case. I just like to say content. So whether mm -hmm. it's a blog post or a page or whatever you want to call it, it's all just content. So let's look at it as this is, this is information we want to get in front of our customers. We hope to earn attention from search through this content. Now, whether it's one thing or another, we can call it whatever we want. It's all content. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it. Okay, I have the question about the future of SEO. Can you forecast this future? What kind of future are you expecting? SEO will be dead one day or not? Uh, your insights about that. <laughs> will SEO be dead? No, <laughs> I don't think SEO will ever die. Um, I, it's going to change. It has changed. I mean, when I first started doing this, I mentioned AltaVista. You could, you could put white text on a white background and you could rank for almost anything. It was really, mm -hmm. really, really easy. Google came along and made it so that we had to up our game a little bit, and they are continuing to do that. Um, there are a lot of things that are going on in the search world, uh, you know, the zero-click search results and, and things that affect how we do what we do. But, you know, by and large, as long as there is information that is out there, it's going to need to be optimized. As long as people are connecting information and, and how we optimize it may change and it will for sure. Mm -hmm. I remember when we were all talking about voice search, voice search is going to be the next big thing. Um, and to be sure, voice search is important, but it really didn't blow up like some people were expecting. Um, but really, does it, is it any different between me speaking to my computer or typing? I'm still asking questions and I still need to get answers. And somebody's got to provide those answers. So, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of look at it as, you know, if you're going to position website content for the future, be interesting and be useful and share information that you cannot get anywhere else. And if you mm -hmm. own a brand and you are making something, or if you're giving away a service, you know more about your brand than anybody else. So mm -hmm. tell your story, get it out there. Don't be shy and don't let other websites write more about your business than you do. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Elmer, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. You share a lot of valuable insights. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. I am the only person in the world with my name that I know of. I am really easy to find. And I, and I do SEO. So yeah, just Google me. But you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm not very active on Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. Facebook, I tend to keep personal. So LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me uh, and connect with me. Send me a message. Ask me a question. I'm, I'm happy to help. Okay, guys, you definitely need to follow Elmer on LinkedIn, you know, to learn from him. You can see a lot of valuable insights. You, you can change your marketing game to be much better uh, specialists and become experts in one day. Elmer, it's a big pleasure. Thanks again, you know. for it, The pleasure was mine. Thank you. Yeah. I, I very much appreciate you having me on your show today. And thank you to your audience for, uh, for listening to me talk about SEO. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, you can find all these links to Elmer uh, accounts in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and see you next time. <laughs>